Hello, and welcome to the ninth episode of Woman Conversations for the Curious, a podcast I created for women looking to squeeze more juice out of life. I'm Amy Crawford, founder of online wellness hub, The Holistic Ingredient, mindset therapist, blogger, whole food lover, and more than a little bit passionate about helping you feel comfortable around what it is to be a woman. So today I am absolutely delighted to introduce um, to you Claire Baker, who is someone I've known for mainly online, I think for probably about eight years, seven or eight years, Claire. Um, Now, Claire is a women's coach and menstrual cycle awareness teacher. And this is a subject I'm immensely excited to come to understand better. I will preface this, Claire, by saying that I am a 70s baby. And as a 70s baby, I'm sure you would appreciate many of us were not well educated in the area of menstrual cycles. And, you know, for a lot of my life, it's been immensely overlooked. But um, thank you for being here. And I'm really excited to learn from you. Yay, Amy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're right. I think it is about seven or eight years now of being connected online. and health coaching? Yeah, it was through... um, yeah, IIN through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. I think yes. that I first came across your work like in 2013. Yeah. So and so you've had quite a journey since then. And I I would love for you to share how you came to be doing this work. And, you know, I am I right in saying that it's sort of in the with respect to the niche, that that this niche of yours being the expert that you are around periods. Has this come? Has this journey come about as a result of personal experience that you've chosen mm-hmm. to go on and share? Yeah, absolutely. From personal experience, I certainly never set out to um, teach people how to chart their menstrual cycles or how to work <laughs> no. with their cycles. Um, so I call. I became qualified as a health coach yeah, in 2013 and was working with women at the time on self care and nutrition and movement and diet and creativity and all that good stuff. And at the same time, I was going through my own um, journey with post with being post contraceptive pill. So I'd stopped taking the pill the year prior and um, had this really strange experience of my period just vanishing. So I didn't actually bleed for twelve months. So for the whole of twenty thirteen, I just didn't have a period. So I'm like, you know, one hand I'm coaching women on their health and um, working, you know, on on their um, well-being and I was going through my own journey of trying to figure out my own well-being when it came to my reproductive health and so I was journeying deep into the realms of fertility and understanding like what my menstrual cycle even was because to be honest with you I'd been taking hormonal contraception at that stage for 10 years when I came off it and so I didn't really even know what it was like to have a natural period or even really what it was like to experience ovulation so I was just fascinated and learning so much so the when my period did come back I was armed with all of this information to begin tracking my own cycle and understanding my own fertility and sharing that information with my clients. And I started to have conversations with the women I was working with around their cycle and asking them if they were noticing some of the changes that I had been noticing. So, for example, I realised that when my period finished, I suddenly had 
all of this energy, like physical energy and strength, and that my libido would increase. And that in the week before my period, I would slow down and I was more tired and I needed more sleep. And I also felt more self-critical at that time. And so it just became obvious to me that I needed to integrate these understandings with my clients and they were experiencing similar things like noticing patterns in their cycle too. And we just began to work with it because it just made sense to me that if I'm talking to people about well-being and self-care and creativity, that we integrate this um, menstrual cycle awareness into my approach. So for a long time, it was, um, yeah, for a long time, it's been a part of, of, of my work and I still, I'm still a health coach, you know, in the sense that I'm still coaching women on their health and, you know, in life coaching and helping them to get from A to B, whatever that looks like for them. But I'm using the menstrual cycle as, as a framework for them to understand themselves better, right, and then to be able to, to you know, to, to do the things they want to do and be who they want to be. So it was interesting you mentioned that you you lost your, your period disappeared in 2013. Uh-huh. Mine disappeared... I think when I had chronic fatigue syndrome from something like 2010 to 2012, mm. um, would you mind sharing how you got it back? Just yeah, of course. For listeners listening who who may be going through something similar. Yeah, and it's something I've learned is that it is quite a common experience for mm. people um, throughout various, you know, for various reasons at different stages in life. Um, I worked a lot that year on. Um, Again, just understanding what boosted fertility. So while I wasn't looking to become pregnant in that time, you know, fertility is so much more than just conceiving and having a baby. It was like, right, I need to, I need to nurture my reproductive system and my health so that my body is able to menstruate. And that's something that I began to understand was I needed to give my body the resources that it required in order to begin this process again of, of ovulating and menstruating because it takes energy for the body to to go through that process um, and it's the first system in the body that will you know the body will shut it down if we're stressed or we're depleted the menstrual cycle is often the first one to be to let go because it's not essential right for our survival like we have breathing and digestion and neurological functions which which are more important than having a period mm-hmm. and so I began to understand right I need to really like up my self-care massively so it was a lot of diet um, looking at my gut health looking at like liver health was a really big one, just making sure that, you know, my, my systems were working optimally. And it also meant addressing some of my type A tendencies around wanting to achieve and accomplish constantly and being busy and like being obsessed with, you know, with hustling and getting things done. It was also the first year I was in business working for myself. So it was interesting navigating that, but just recognizing that I needed to take care of myself to rest more, you know, to make regular acupuncture, something that I did, massages, you know, all, all of the more yin yoga rather than, you know, two spin classes a day, that kind of thing, which had been yeah. for most of my 20s. I was like gym junkie, worked really hard, partied really hard. And that year I realised that actually I needed to embrace more um, yin energy, I suppose, in my mm-hmm. life and give Beautiful. my body... Yeah, yeah because acupuncture because I mm-hmm. had an interesting experience where I had a procedure and the gynecologist post the procedure said to me, you need to go on the pill. And if you don't go on the pill, this is eight years ago. 
he said, if you don't go on the pill, you're going to, my estrogen was so low or something. I can't remember exactly now the specifics, but he said, if you don't go on the pill, you will turn into an old woman overnight. Your bones are going to go brittle, your skin will sag, and you're going to start aging rapidly. Now, the next day isn't the universe one thing. Because the next day I was sitting in a cafe somewhere and Nat Kringudis walked in. And Nat being <laughs> a hormonal health expert and Chinese medicine practitioner, TCM, walked in and I said, I've got something to share with you. And I shared that story with her. And of course, that made her furious. <laughs> and she said, you want to come and see me. And I think it was three months later, through acupuncture with Nat and some herbs, my period came back. Oh, my God. Amazing. It's funny you mentioned that because she was such a guiding light for me that year. And um, her, yeah, I think Nat was the first person to teach me, you know, what ovulation really was and how to actually chart ovulation to recognise, you know, cervical fluid and to understand what I needed in order to support healthy ovulation in my body. And so, yeah, it's so funny that you mentioned her because I think she's such a fantastic resource and always guiding people in her direction. And absolutely Chinese medicine, acupuncture, herbs were really big and still are a really big part of how I nurture my fertile health and my reproductive health and my cycle. It just really works for my body. And I think that Chinese medicine understands the female body in a way that Western medicine doesn't. Yeah. So Claire, one of the most, I think something that I'm finding selfishly quite exciting about this conversation with you is I've heard you talk about the menstrual cycle as seasons, right? But you've also mentioned, you know, the typical type A of which I am one. And, you know, as I said before as well, I'm a 70s child. I was never educated around periods and how it might impact me from one week to the next. Um, And, as someone who has become intensely focused on feeling really well, I'm, I will say that this has never been a focus of mine. I am someone who, you know, works hard and, and has sort of, you know, over the years has learned to slow down, but has just pushed through the tightness. If there's tightness there, you push through it. You don't stop to think about why it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And so learning now, finally at 48 years of age, around this, and I still have my period, <laughs> which is good, um, but learning now about the seasons and how <clears throat> and how I can perhaps better plan and um, um, schedule my my months is something that's really exciting and I think will be really wonderful pe- for people to learn. So can you can you share with us what these seasons are? Yeah, of course. So the concept of the seasons connecting to the menstrual cycle is something that um, one of my mentors, Alexandra Pope, coined many years ago, and I love it because it just makes so much sense so the idea is that we've got these four different hormonal phases in the menstrual cycle and these mirror the four different phases of the year which is also a cycle if we think about the seasons of the year we're moving through a cycle from from winter spring summer into autumn and the same applies for us we have menstruation which is the week when we're bleeding or on our period. And that equates to like a winter time for us. We then move into the spring of the cycle, which is when estrogen is increasing and that's the pre-ovulatory phase. And that's leading us up to ovulation, which is the peak of the cycle and the peak of hormones, the release of the egg. And ovulation is akin to the summer of the cycle. It's, you know, when we're high energy often, you know, out and about, we want to be with people. We're more resilient, feeling more turned on. Then we move into autumn, which is the pre-menstrual week. And again, we're slowing down, probably want a bit more space, taking more time for ourselves, fingers, you know, fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> and that's leading us back down again into that winter phase. So we're moving through this monthly cycle all the time. And 
so many of us are doing it without any understanding and recognition that we have this like monthly clock going on. We've all got a 24 hour clock, right? Like our circadian rhythm, but women also have a monthly clock and this is where the seasons come in. And it really speaks to people because it's actually quite beautiful. And most of us have been brought up to believe our period's a bit of a pain in the ass and it's a curse. But actually recognising that these ebbs and flows of being a woman are just like, we're just like nature, right? Like it's so beautiful. And it, it, yeah. I think it really helps people to, to, to grasp this concept that it's okay to be different from one week to the next, just like we don't expect January to be the same as July. It's not fair to expect that we are going to feel the same on the first day of our cycle when our period starts compared to when we're ovulating. It's, it's totally normal and natural to fluctuate. Um, and I love that. Yeah, so it's interesting because when I think about my own experiences with the cycle, I'm aware of ovulation. I'm obviously aware of day one, which I'm, am I right in saying? And I, I must, we must bookmark this because I'd love to have a chat to you about different apps and what you recommend in terms of tracking. But I have naughtily, I've learned from you that I, that I have naughtily been tra- tracking from spotting, not the first day of red blood. Is that right? The cycle starts on the first day of the red blood. Exactly. So the yeah, first day right. that you actually have like full blood flow, that's day one. Spotting <laughs> leading up to it, that doesn't count. <laughs> my ignorance, right? So anyway, now I know that I'm delighted, but I'm a bit annoyed. I'm a bit annoyed. My Virgoism about me is very disappointed <laughs> about all the scheduling in my phone because it's all out of whack. But anyway, the only other thing that I'm acutely aware of is obviously autumn, which is on about seven, day, seven days out from my period when I burst into tears and look at my watch and go, all right, that's why I'm crying. <laughs> My period is mm-hmm. days. <laughs> mm-hmm. So interesting, you, I love these seasons. So can, would it be helpful, could you perhaps explain to us what, how we can, um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for, edit, which isn't the right word, but our behaviour, how we might plan our lives around these seasons. So, for instance, the period starts on the 1st and that's winter. Mm-hmm. what sorts of ways things should mm. be going to nurture and nourish ourselves during winter? Yeah, great question. I mean, awareness is just the first step towards any new change in our lives. So the first thing is just becoming aware of your own cycle and your own tendencies and desires and needs because they'll be different. But generally winter is a time when hormones are at their lowest levels for the entire cycle plus the body is engaged in the physiological process of shedding your uterine lining and so it is actually quite normal to feel like you have less energy at that time and maybe less desire to like be out in the world and be at your most social and so it's just important to listen to your body and we're kind of unlearning this idea that you know when we have our period we can go roller skating in like white jeans or whatever we can still do everything and we can do anything we want at any time that we want but my my messaging is really around just maybe a little bit more rest at that time yeah. is actually what your body needs and maybe it's okay to not be at 100 percent so so Claire would you for instance and you so personally and I'm sure you're very much in tune with 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 these seasons now but is it normally just the first couple of days that, for instance, we might feel particularly tired? And yeah. would it just be the first couple of days where we might, you know, not try to pack too much in and perhaps not exactly. so many clients or any clients or, you know, and yeah. more restorative? To just pare things back as much as possible. And I recognise that, you know, we have responsibilities. We live in a modern, fast-paced world. So I'm not suggesting that we just you know, take 
three days to just stay in bed. Totally. I mean, that might be lovely for some people. But to just look at our schedule and to not, yeah, to not pack it in. So if you've got a full day of work, maybe you don't head to the gym after work or maybe you don't go out for dinner with mates after work as well and then set the alarm for 5 a.m. the next day. Maybe you have a sleep in. Maybe you ask for some more support around the house or just give yourself, you know, half an hour to lie in bed, have a bath, whatever feels nourishing and just replenishing for you because this is the natural point in the cycle to rest and it is the moment in the cycle where we kind of get to like recharge it's like the pit stop in the cycle to just recharge reconnect with ourselves just take a moment to stop and pause and do you do you reckon do you typically recommend that pause for is it is it really just the first two to three days it depends I mean I would say for me personally yeah definitely those first couple of days I'm like I just need to like be in my own own schedule, my own rhythm, and I'm not super keen on you know adhering to other people's expectations as much as possible. But then I hear you know from other people I work with that actually for them it's kind of like day four or five they feel quite a drop in their energy. Or for others it's actually the couple of days before they start their period that are the most difficult for them, and that actually once they start bleeding then it's like the energy kind of returns and that it's actually those last few days of their cycle when the hormones are dropping, that that is, that's, that's their most tender time. And so it's really important that we're all aware of our own cycle and so where our more vulnerable points are so that we can just up the self-care on those days. Yeah. So for those, so aside from simply tracking your cycle, which I do by the health app on my iPhone, so I know exactly I know a fertile period and I know generally when my period's going to start, but what do you recommend or how do you recommend, because what I know that I want to do as a result of this conversation is start journaling because I really, I mean, you know, <laughs> a bit late in life to be starting this, but I'm so fascinated. But what do you recommend that we use to do that? Can you just grab yeah. my book or is there a really good app that you can journal even just, you know, a bit of fatigue or something? Yeah. So there are some great apps. I I do think that the best way of charting your cycle is essentially the one that you're actually going to do. And so if you're somebody who's on their phone loads and they, you know, you know that you're going to use an app, then use an app. But I do think that there is a certain depth of awareness that comes through actually putting pen to paper and setting aside that time to create that ritual where you do you know, check in with yourself and see how you're feeling and what you need and what's going on for you. So I've got a free charting calendar on my website that um, is a one page chart, you print it off. And for every cycle, you, you know, you use that chart and you can over time begin to look at patterns because you'll use a different chart for each month. And you can over, you know, three or more cycles begin to see some patterns emerging. Right. right. Um, but at the same time, I love, yeah, I love journaling. And if you're somebody who's already, has a journaling practice, a really easy um, way to begin to such cycle journaling is just to add the, the day of your cycle to your journal entry, like right next to the date. And again, just starting to pay attention through writing how you're feeling and beginning to look for those patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, so my number one suggestion is probably to go with the cycle chart, the one that you can print off per cycle. And it only takes a few cycles to be able to see, for yeah. example, like day 17 is a day that you feel a dip in energy after ovulation. And that's a day that you know in advance to just, you know, maybe you know, go and do a yin yoga class that day. Um, yeah just something yeah, great. lovely for you yeah so um yeah thank you oh it's so fascinating so okay so what happens after winter okay so then we move into spring and this is when bleeding's finished and 
estrogen is rising steadily in the lead up to ovulation. And so for some people, this feels brilliant because there is this, you know, return of energy, desire to probably leave the period cave and come back out into the world. And we can feel quite focused, um, you know, more productive memory retention is higher, like cognitively we're, we're kind of switching on for others. It can feel quite vulnerable here and so, you know, for people who particularly really love having their period, it can kind of feel a bit like um, a bit tender. And sometimes the rise in estrogen actually leads to feeling, you know, a little bit anxious in that spring phase. So, it, you know, again, it totally depends. Can I just pause you there for one sec? You said for people who really love getting their period. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a phenomenon. Uh, it's it's totally a thing, you know. Yeah. Yep, it's, it's a real thing. There are women out there, and I would count myself in them, who really love the experience of, of having a period and look I wouldn't have said that years and years ago and I do believe that it is not always that one effect of doing this work and paying more attention to your body is that you actually begin to yeah enjoy the experience of yeah. bleeding particularly when you're using that time to take some to take some you know TLC for yourself so I guess it's just because you're feeling so much more aware and so much more conscious and sort of wise to what's happening within your body that you can rejoice it more so. Whereas mm. some of us who have just, oh, it's just what happens every month, you know, you mm. believe it's inconvenient, you know, it can, yeah. it can be just that. It's just been, of course it is. Yeah. And yeah. it is pretty inconvenient ultimately. Like we live in a world that doesn't understand, let alone revere the menstrual cycle. And so often it is a bit of a, you know, like, oh God, you know, it can really disrupt things and that's the nature of it. And I think it's really taught me how to surrender more and mm -hmm. let go of some of my, you know, type A controlling tendencies is by just like, okay, my body has its own thing going on. And if I kind of learn to work with it rather than trying to push against it, turns out my experience of my period isn't so bad. Yes. God, that just resonated with me. I remember when I was recovering from chronic fatigue and I was down in Tassie and my doctor, my wonderful integrative medicine doctor who had phone catch up with from Melbourne one day got very cross with me down the phone and <laughs> said, Amy Crawford, he said, you must stop trying to control the healing of your own body. I can't, you know, he really got quite cross with me. And, and once you do, you just let go and just, oh. Uh, <laughs> uh -huh. I totally interrupted you before because we were talking about spring mm -hmm. and, yeah. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. Yeah, so for some people, spring is their favourite season. I'd say, yeah. you know, a lot of people who, who begin practising menstrual cycle awareness just love that spring energy and that lead up. It's like the season of the year as well. You know, it's a lovely time. There's anticipation, you can feel ovulation coming and there's a build-up. Um, it's also the beginning of the fertile window, so you often notice more cervical fluid and that feeling of wetness, increase in libido, like the body's fertility is, is waking up. And that takes us right up to ovulation, which is which is like the summer of the cycle because estrogen is at its highest levels here. We also get a boost in testosterone. And there is, you know, this, for some women, this real feeling of like being superwoman, kind of like queen of, of the world. You can kind of do anything in that phase. Right. So if you are a, if somebody in business, as an mm -hmm. example, you, I dare say that you make these recommendations to people, but you would plan things around that period. So for instance, you were launching something or let's just say you were launching a book or whatever it was, exactly. that's a good time to do it. 
a great time to do it. Yeah. Your energy is great. Totally. Totally. It's, yeah. So at that time, so around ovulation is when, typically speaking, libido, our libido libido is probably at its peak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, everybody is so different. And so some people may, you know, say that actually they feel their libido increases when they have their period or just before, right? But generally, you know, the body is primed to make babies at that time. And so it's going to do whatever it can in order to find a mate. And that includes making us feel um, more patient, more, you know, more, um, more tolerant of people as well. We might find like we can just handle more and that, like our physical features actually become more attractive. Our face becomes more symmetrical. Hair and skin is often a really great place due to these, this hormone um, peak of hormones and it's great and uh, you know it's a lovely t- it can be a really lovely time for others ovulation can actually be quite tiring on the body and the process of ovulation of ovulating takes more from them and they can feel actually more worn out and tired at that time so again everybody is really different but and another yeah and really important to journal if you exactly. want to really start getting on, t- on top of this yeah. yeah exactly and it's like the season of the year some people love summer right and then for other people it's just not their jam and they prefer it when it's cooler and we're all just so different so that's the that's the peak of hormones and ovulation um, occurs and then after that we have an increase in progesterone so while estrogen dominated the first half of the menstrual cycle then progesterone comes in and this hormone is there to nurture potential pregnancy. And so it's much more interested in soothing us, aiding our sleep, keeping us cozy. It's less interested in taking risks. Um, and so we, our energy slows. And so it's normal and natural to feel kind of a like coming down the mountain feeling, you know, kind of this like shift in energy and shifting gears because now we're slowing down, moving more into that autumn energy. Mm-hmm right? And um, this can be really hard if we don't have that awareness, because suddenly we've had this like huge surge in energy and libido. And then the next week, we just want to stay at home and have a bath and drink a glass of red wine and like not talk to anybody and get quite irritated quite easily when people expect the same from us or when we expect the same from ourselves, right yeah and that's the autumn now we're well and truly in the autumn of so, menstrual cycle. so the autumn is when i burst into tears seven days out exactly right yeah <laughs> yeah and it's actually I've, I've often in my oldie more mature years been I've, I've found comfort in knowing that that's what's happening because i think many years ago i'd be like why am i crying what's going on Where, where's this sadness but now it's like no that's what's happening you know yeah. Acknowledgement. This is what happens. Yeah, it's quite yeah. a significant hormonal shift. We've gone from yeah. estrogen, which is like getting us out of the house, making us feel fabulous and you know chatty and sexy, and then suddenly we're like, oh, I just want to stay inside and like yeah. take care of myself. And um, it's totally normal to feel yeah. to feel like a physical, mental, and emotional shift as we move into that last that last week before bleeding. It's totally normal. Yeah. So that just sort of that. Um, is a good segue into um, the conversation around commun- better communication around this period. So I dare say for many people in um, relationships with men, um, this can be a really testy time. And there's a lot of stigma, isn't there, around premenstrual women. We're all just grumpy and irrational and crazy. Mm. Um, but, but really I feel there's such an op- so much opportunity here for people to learn to better communicate with their male partners. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and for them to better understand exactly what's happening and how that how the woman can then be better supported. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, recommendations around that. Yeah, look, I think for anyone, and it's not only heterosexual relationships, it can be a testing time for anyone in a relationship. That that was a silly thing to say. You're quite right. It could be any, yeah. yeah. For anyone. I guess, you know, if if you're in a relationship with a woman or someone else who has a period, you've got some empathy. Somebody kind of understands it. If you're in a relationship with with a man, you know, somebody who doesn't have a period, I don't think that you can ever fully understand we can explain we can teach we can use the seasons but ultimately i think we have to understand that if somebody's never going to have a period or a menstrual cycle there's just no way they can understand how it feels so we have to be as kind and compassionate as as we possibly can the first thing i would suggest is absolutely awareness right like the more you are aware of your own needs and your own um, patterns in your cycle then the more easily you will be able to communicate those and the more easily you're also able to give you yourself what you need but this is definitely the most challenging week that i see for people in relationships definitely and my own experience has reflected that as well like if there is one week that I'm likely to find myself in an argument with my partner it is definitely in the week before the you know the days in particular leading up to my period starting so I think it's important to know um, that you might need more space here that you might need more support here and um, setting boundaries is a really important skill to learn in this week I feel like I set all of my boundaries in my life during that week and I make a conscious effort not to overschedule myself during that week like I'll literally write in my calendar like leave more space like like say no you know it's okay to say no and just giving myself more space does help with um, you know processing some of these emotions that can come up and um, and asking for help if I need it yeah and I think it's just such an important conversation to have with a partner isn't it to help somebody a partner who has never menstruated just yeah. to help them understand mm-hmm. what the, what what the, what will come with the cycles as you've journaled and had a better understand kind of better understanding yeah and yeah. I think having supportive girlfriends and people who you can share with who can empathize like finding that support elsewhere has been really helpful for me recognizing that you know my partner can't be my my support for everything in my life and so actually like going and venting or sharing or taking a walk or you know just speaking to someone who actually does understand can really help Um, because it is frustrating when you're experiencing you're in the embodied experience of something that the person that you love and live with possibly you know doesn't get it um so it is challenging. So I often suggest, you know, finding a circle of women who you can safely share your feelings and frustrations with. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, communication mm-hmm. where it's at. Now, now, can I just actually ask you, because a thought just popped into my head, can I get your opinion on menstrual cups? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I think that you would be the person to speak to about this. I have only tried one and it's the Fun Factory menstrual cup. And I think I, I, I'm i pretty sure in the instructions it said that you need to give it a go. Like lots of reviews I've read, you've got to try these things. Give Try for three months or something. I think I tried it for two days and just went, oh, bugger this. Mm-hmm. Didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um couldn't had great trouble getting it back out mm-hmm. um it's just messy artists and that kind of is too hard and I sure. Go, oh. <laughs> sure sure I, yeah I hear you they sorry I'm sure yeah yeah look I love cups yeah. I think that they are an awesome sustainable alternative to using disposable 
pads and tampons and I just love you know you literally have one for 10 years you buy it once you have it for 10 years which is just so awesome um however they do come with their challenges as well and it is a skill that you do need to master it does involve often trying a couple of different brands and styles because every vagina is different so you know one cup isn't isn't necessarily going to fit everybody um and different positions to insert it you know you can play around with different folds like there are you know there are definitely a few paths that lead (laughs) to like menstrual cup um expertise but i do think it's worth it Um, I love them because they give us an opportunity to also connect more with our blood and to see the quantity of the blood that we're using, to see the losing, sorry, the quality of the blood, like what colour is it, are there any clots? Like that information is really helpful feedback on our health from our body. And so for me it was also just developing this relationship with my blood where I was like, oh, my blood's not disgusting or gross or smelly or any of these things that I thought that it was. It's, it's just blood. Um, cool, you know, and, and that was really helpful for me and also coming to a better, more positive relationship with my body. Um, mm. So I think there's so many benefits to using them, but yeah. they do take a little bit of playing. But I think once you've got it, then, then you've got it. I hear that. I hear, I've had some girlfriends who said, you've got to do it, it's the best, you'll never look back. But I really didn't have enough patience with it. And I think the one, the kit that I bought wasn't necessarily that cheap. I thought, I can't keep spending this money trying to figure this out. So anyway, do you, I don't know if you're, do you, do you recommend any particular brands? Are there some that you're aware of that have, that are, that tend yeah. to be more I really like Juju. They're an Australian brand and they're quite soft. Some cups I've tried are quite firm and I personally don't like those because I feel like I can feel them in my body and they're more difficult to get out and, and to insert. I love Juju because they're, they're actually quite a soft plastic um, and so I've been using their cup for years and I've tried other brands and they're, they're okay but I always come back to my Juju cup i don't use it all of the time though i actually really like using just i'm sorry reusable pads that you can wash between cycles or period undies and i've got i've got loads of those as well so i tend to alternate between my cup yeah i haven't tried the period undies yeah i love them i am such a huge fan Mm -hmm. yeah and do you use those when you're at the heaviest or do you tend to use a cup then so i alternate at the moment i'm going through a phase of using my period undies when i'm at my heaviest you do need to change them a little more frequently and so they are better if you're just at home like if I'm just at home on you know which I often am because I work from home then it's a bit easier if I'm heading out for the day then I'll often wear a cup and my period undies as sort of backup um I just love I really love them I actually love the feeling of just allowing my blood to flow and not having anything inside me to to catch it whether it's a, a a cup or a tampon so I actually quite enjoy that feeling I also find it helps alleviate any cramping or any you know mild discomfort just allowing that blood to like flow freely from the uterus for me yeah it helps That's a lot with pain right I did I wasn't aware that that could be a you know a positive side effect mm-hmm. right definitely yeah right <laughs> now is there um Going back just to the mention of the apps and the journals and that sort of stuff, can, do you, is there a name? Can you recommend any apps that you're aware of? That are yeah, quite, of course. That people could look up? I really like Clue. I think that Clue is quite a simple interface to use. You can add um, different observations. You can make your own tags. Is that like 
as in clued, clued in, clued up. Yeah, so C-L-U-E. Uh-huh. Yeah, right, clue. Okay. Yeah, and they're great. And they actually publish quite a lot of really great research as well. And I think, you know, their interests are, are, um, are good. There are definitely some apps that I think have different interests in mind, but I, I really like Clue. It's female um, run and it's, it's, a, it's an inclusive app as well. So yeah, great. A goodie, definitely. It's important to mention whenever I recommend Clue that it's not to be used for charting fertility. So it's not a fertility um, predictor at all and really an app cannot predict your fertile window and it's really important to mention that because it does say fertile window on a lot of apps and that is just total estimate like if you are wanting to use an app to conceive or for contraception then you need yeah like don't use an app basically yeah sure okay but but, but for lots of other amazing exactly information that you've shared today it's a clue would be a good one yeah, Clue's a great one. It's the one that I mostly use and, and recommend. Um, mm-hmm. There's another one, Flow, F-L-O, by um, Alyssa Viti, who I hear good things about. I haven't actually used that right. one. I generally mm-hmm. use Clue. I also use Kindara, for chart, which is an app for charting um, for fertility because you can enter your cervical fluid and your basal body temperature and, and other you know information into the app. Um, but it doesn't actually predict your ovulation for you it's just a place to store that information so that you do your own like fertile charting yourself right okay mm-hmm. and so do you check your body temperature most days Claire? i don't currently I, I just chart using cervical fluid but when i was first learning fertility awareness methods i would do my temperature every morning yeah much yeah 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 wow it's really quite extensive isn't it yeah, there is, there is a lot. It's funny. I have my, um, my first book came out last year, 50 Things You Need to Know About Periods, and my dad, bless, shared it on his, um, on his Facebook and a man, a male friend of his commented saying, gosh, what on earth could you write a whole book about periods about? Like, what on earth? How could you fill a whole book on periods? And I'm just like, oh, bless, you know, like... There's just so much to talk about. And I it's think that is, you know, yeah. misunderstanding that, they, that, that it's just periods, but it's just so vast. There's yeah. so much to talk about. I feel like there is. I feel like there's, there's so many questions worrying around in my head that I could have you here all day. Um, but speaking of this amazing book of yours, how can people, can you tell us a little bit about your book and how they can find it? Yeah, of course. I wanted to write something that was playful and warm and easy to understand when it comes to fertility and menstrual cycle awareness there are loads of great books but often they are quite overwhelming and and clinical and the truth is it's actually quite simple the idea of just charting your cycle and getting to know your seasons and so I just wanted to write a book that someone could read quickly and implement it as well and you know maybe even enjoy the process so that's essentially what this book is it'll teach you how to chart your cycle it'll give you an overview on the different hormonal phases and the seasons and how to work with some of the vulnerabilities that we've spoken about and also superpowers and strength throughout the cycle amazing yeah and that, yeah. can i just ask Claire, would that book be a beautiful gift for teenagers yes definitely oh, that's what's in my mind yeah. yeah definitely i didn't write it for teens i think it would have been a different book if i wrote it specifically for teenagers but i wrote it knowing that if a, if a teenager picked it up then they would absolutely be able to relate to it and to get something from it so there are there is you know a couple of mentions of sex in the book so I always say to parents like you know just have a flick through first before you you pass it on but it's definitely appropriate for someone who's just starting their periods as well yeah. 
amazing so where where can people get it so you can get it wherever you buy books oh, yeah yeah or you can jump online of course on any online booksellers but um yeah anywhere that where, where you normally buy books and can you say the name again it's 50 things you need to know about periods yeah, perfect right mm-hmm. So on that note, Claire, where can everybody find you? And if they would like to work with you, how do they access you? What can yeah, they do? Of course. So my website is clairebaker.com and I've got a free um, 20-minute video class on there at the moment about how to actually start charting. And you can get that free calendar chart that I mentioned earlier. Plus I teach various courses throughout the year as well on menstrual cycle awareness. Otherwise, I'm always hanging out over on Instagram and my handle is underscore Claire Baker underscore. Beautiful. Claire, thank you so much. This has just been so informative. Yeah, it's been really fun. Thank I'm, you. I'm going to download your chart and I'm going to start, yes. and, you know, at the, at the, the later in the fine menstruation years. Oh, never <laughs> too late. It's never too late. Try and get a better <laughs> handle. But I so value your time and everything you shared with us today. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure, Amy. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Mm-hmm. See ya. This was Episode 9 of Woman, Conversations for the Curious, a podcast with Amy Crawford of The Holistic Ingredient. If you'd like to learn more about my therapy offerings and how I can help set you free of anything holding you back, head on over to theholisticingredient.com. Meanwhile, you can find all of the relevant show notes over at theholisticingredient.com forward slash nine. Until next time, stay curious.